0: We've talked before about how South Carolina could use some extra help at the wide receiver position, and Ohio State transfer Caleb Burton could be a great fit for South Carolina's offense. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello Gamecock Nation and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock Athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and we forget your audio podcasts daily. The transfer portal officially closed for college football underclassmen at the FBS ranks this past weekend. Now, what that essentially means is underclassmen can no longer enter the transfer portal, but there's still a ton of guys out there that are currently looking for a new home. And for South Carolina's football program, They've been relatively quiet in this window, but that does not mean that they haven't been putting in any work behind the scenes here. And they could use help at multiple positions. We've talked about the edge position, ad nauseum. We've talked about the running back position. Cornerback could be a spot where they could grab somebody. And wide receiver is another position that could use some extra help. And Ohio State transfer wide receiver Caleb Burton would be a prime transfer portal target for Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks. A quick introduction into who Caleb Burton is in the first place. Burton was a true freshman in 2022 at Ohio State. And when you look up the stat sheet, you will find that Caleb Burton did not record any statistics in any games This past season for the Buckeyes. Now, when I do mention that, I think that we all need to keep in mind that Burton was sitting behind multiple future NFL wide receivers in Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka, and Julian Fleming. And another thing we got to keep in mind is he was a true freshman at one of the most historic programs in college football in Ohio State, a team that is usually just stacked to the gills with talent, especially right now at the wide receiver position, meaning that it's very difficult for some of those new guys once they enroll to see the field. Now, Burton is from Daval, Texas, which if you're wondering where the heck that is, that is right outside of Austin, Texas. And that leads me into some connections, both direct and indirect, that the Gamecocks have here with Caleb Burton. To start off with the direct connection here, Shane Beamer, when he was an assistant coach at Oklahoma, was involved in the recruitment of Caleb Burton. This obviously means that the two have a prior relationship, and when it comes to players entering the transfer portal and looking for a new home, this is something that can play a significant factor for some of these guys. So we definitely should not discount this relationship whatever it might have been, between Shane Beamer and Caleb Burton. Now, here's where the indirect connection could come into play. As I've mentioned earlier, Caleb is from the state of Texas, and South Carolina's wide receiver coach, Justin Stepp, happens to have deep ties to the state of Texas when it comes to scouring that state for high school talent. Justin Stepp coached at SMU, which is located in Dallas County, back in 2015 through 2017. He then spent the following three seasons in Fayetteville, Arkansas with the Razorbacks before he eventually came home to the state of South Carolina for the Gamecocks back in 2021. And Arkansas, I mentioned them because they do a lot of recruiting, obviously, in the Lone Star State, being a border state to Texas. So needless to say, Justin Step, the potential position coach for Caleb Burton, he could make a lot of contacts with some of his guys that he knows over there to do some checking in on him. And Caleb Burton, if he winds up still talking to a bunch of his guys, maybe some former teammates or maybe his former coaches down in Austin, maybe he can get wind of Justin Step, and that could cause him to look further into South Carolina's football program. So I know some of you are probably sitting here and wondering, well, Andrew, what kind of player is Caleb Burton? Well, Caleb Burton is a guy that has got a lot of talent. I went back and watched his film from his senior season at 6A Lake Travis High School in Austin, Texas, and these were my main takeaways. Caleb Burton has seamless hand-eye coordination with quick hands in securing the football, which combined makes him a consistent threat to make catches in traffic and also helps him reel in throws that are in his vicinity, but maybe a little bit off target. Byrne also has great footwork, which combined with a good release, good route running, and above average speed, helps him get open deep down the field. Byrne also is a guy that is very crafty in terms of creating separation for himself, because he knows how to use his hands to... Create, again, that extra couple of feet, especially when he is on maybe some one-cut routes outside the numbers. Or if he's got to rotate the front of his body back to the football because maybe the throw is behind him. He is very intelligent in terms of knowing how to utilize his hands to, again, make sure that he is at arm's length with the defender so that the guy does not have a chance to make a play On the football. And the other thing is Caleb Burton can survive immediate contact with the ground or with multiple defenders right after a catch. He is not a guy where essentially if you hit him, his body's gonna fold up like paper mache and he's going to drop the football. Burton is not that kind of receiver, he is a guy that for the most part, once he has his hands on the football, he is not going to let go of it very easily. So, all in all, Caleb Burton is a consistent downfield receiving threat due to his combination of his athletic abilities that he possesses and the craft that he has refined at the receiver position in regards to the nuances of catching the football and again also being able to create separation with his defenders in one-on-one matchups now the next question that some of y'all might have is how does Caleb Burton Fit into South Carolina's offense should he come to Columbia? We're going to dive into that question in more detail in just a couple moments right here on Lockdown Gamecocks. But first, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is one of the best protein bars that you can possibly find. I know that some of y'all are probably putting off the idea of going back to the gym or trying to get back into shape because Maybe you just can't come up with a consistent plan. You don't know what really you need to eat. You don't know what you need to do in terms of your workouts. Well, in terms of your nutrition, obviously, if you're a person that's trying to pack on some muscle, you're going to want to make sure that you're intake a lot of protein. And built Bar has got you covered in that aspect, but it doesn't have a lot of calories. It's only 130 calories. It's got four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Here's the other thing. Bilt Bar is very enjoyable. They got a ton, dozens and dozens of flavors to choose from. Churro, cookies and cream, mint chocolate, banana cream pie, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs, you name it, they've got it. You can order these bars at Built.com or you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and find Built Bars. If you go to Walmart, you'll find the bars in the pharmacy section where you grab a 4-bar box. At Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box. I promise you, you're going to thank me later because Built Bar is where tasty is the new healthy. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Locked Game Gamecocks Podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, so let's talk about Caleb Burton's potential fit in South Carolina's offense. In terms of where Caleb Burton would slide into the rotation, I know that this guy has not recorded any stats throughout his college career to this point. But I think that Caleb Burton has the immediate skill set to be a plug and play number two wide receiver in South Carolina's offense, right behind Antoine Juice Wells. In terms of how he would fit in this offense, when it comes to the play calling tendencies of Dow Loggins, from what we have heard from Dow Loggins or what's been hinted at with the offense so far this offseason, it seems like that South Carolina is going to lean more towards the passing game in 2023. And That's probably due to a combination of, obviously, you got Spencer Rattler, at quarterback, a once-in-a-decade type quarterback with his talents, so you want to utilize that as much as possible. And also, the running game, it might not be great necessarily in 2023. So, when you consider all of those factors... Byrne could be a guy that's a high volume receiver in terms of the catches that he gets, along with the targets, obviously, the receiving yards he accumulates, and the touchdown grabs he gets throughout the course of the season. Now, how would he complement the rest of the receiving room? Well, I talked about this on yesterday's show when I proposed the question of which offensive player was most important, Antoine Juice-Wells or Spencer Rattler. And I said Antoine Juice-Wells. One of the reasons I mentioned Antoine Juice-Wells was because I feel like that behind Antoine Juice-Wells, there's not a whole lot of complete receiver skill sets. Antoine's is not fully complete, but he's dang near close to that. While a lot of the other guys in the receiving room they're more specialized wide receivers where they've got a couple of certain areas that are sort of their go to, and that's what allows them to be decent wide receivers. I don't think that Caleb Burton is necessarily capped in terms of his potential at this position, as I alluded to earlier. I think that he would have the second most complete skill set at the receiver spot outside of, again, Antoine Juice Wells. Honestly, he would be sort of the Robin to Antoine Juicewell's Batman. I talked about how Xavier Leggett, you know, he's obviously vying to try and be that kind of player. But I think that admittedly, Caleb Burton, he offers a little bit more in terms of being a consistent downfield receiving threat, at least as of right now. Xavier Leggett could wind up, of course, being that guy once we get to the fall because the reports that have come out surrounding him and his spring practice performance have been good. But we still need to understand, Shane Beamer has said this before, he is going to bring in guys that he thinks can make this team better. He is not afraid to bring in someone at any position where he thinks that it's going to be an upgrade. He's mentioned this enough now. In his short tenure at South Carolina, to where I fully believe him. I don't think he's a guy that's just sitting there, you know, twiddling his thumbs and just hoping, basically, that somebody's just going to kind of fall into his lap in terms of being a potential transfer target. So to get back on track here, I think that Caleb Burton would be a great compliment to Antoine Juice Wells, and would also make sure that Antoine Juice Wells is not seeing as much attention. I think Caleb Burton could have that kind of impact in this receiver group. And the other thing is, when it comes to the play calls that would feature his skill set the best, I think that anything that has to do with play action and Caleb Burton's going downfield, that is where he's going to be able to best display his receiving abilities because, again, he's got a good release, he's got the route running, he's got the hands, he's got the footwork, he has certain nuances of the receiver position that he has honed in over the past several years, clearly based on his film. And when you combine all that and a play-action concept, I think that you could see a lot of deep shots to Caleb Burton if he were to be a receiver in South Carolina's offense in 2023 and here's the other thing that we need to keep in mind with Caleb Burton Burton is just a redshirt freshman right now or a true sophomore meaning that he's got either four years to play three or he's got four years total of eligibility remaining and so if South Carolina were to get him, it would almost be like getting another high school prospect in your recruiting class for 2023, except, obviously, the perk of getting a kid out of the transfer portal in the college ranks, he understands what the college game is like, and he understands what the college game is like at a very high level because he went to Ohio State. He went into probably the second best division in all of college football in, I believe, the Big Ten West. I believe that's the division where Ohio State resides. Someone can feel free to correct me on that if I'm wrong there. But you get my point. Caleb Burton is a guy that would offer multiple years of potential production in South Carolina's receiving room. South Carolina, right now, they just need to find guys that are younger, that they can have come into the program and develop them and mold them into what they want them to be in Dow Loggins' offense for the foreseeable future. Caleb Burton is just the target out of the transfer portal at the receiver's position that would allow the Gamecocks the opportunity to do just that. Alright, now let's switch gears over to South Carolina's baseball team, which has had their share of ups and downs over the past few days. Now obviously I never talked about what all happened against the Auburn Tigers. This past weekend in Founders Park. But obviously it was not South Carolina's best moment in that three game series. The Gamecocks of course in terms of their pitching staff. Um, just have to say it. They got dominated by Auburn. The pitching staff was not good enough this past weekend. And the thing is you can understand Why the hitting line would have their struggles. Why they might have some lulls in the middle of these games. Because right now, the infield has been decimated with injuries. And there's a couple other guys that are still currently playing right now that have probably been playing a little bit hurt, if we're being truthful about that. So, when you take all that into account, you can understand why the batting line might be just trying to eke out five, six, seven runs and aren't scoring, you know, double digit runs like they were when they were fully healthy just a few weeks ago. But for the pitching staff, you're just down Noah Hall right now. You've got your entire staff at your disposal. You've got starting pitchers that have shown they could be capable of being some of the best starting pitchers in the SEC and against the Auburn Tigers. Um, I know, obviously, that they weren't doing this the entire time, but it almost was just like, you know, every pitch for Auburn was just like the size of a legit saucer. And all they had to do was put the bat out, and they just seemed to be able to hit the ball wherever South Carolina's fielders weren't. And so they kept getting hit after hit after hit. They would hit a few home runs. Their nine-hole hitter, I believe, hit two home runs this past weekend. And so the pitching staff... It definitely was not their best moment. Could they have had a lot of pressure that they were putting on themselves because of what was going on with the hitting lineup and the amount of injuries that were accumulating on that side of the roster? I could definitely see that. But you're also at home, and again, you're facing the Auburn Tigers, which is not a bad baseball program, but they are a middle-of-the-pack SEC team at best right now. And they're a team that, quite frankly, with how well you've done this year, they should not be the team that's giving you fits at your own home ballpark. Now, obviously, you know, every team has a bad weekend in that aspect at some point, especially in the SEC when it comes to college baseball. And Mark Kingston did say that uh, right after the series concluded on Sunday. So I definitely don't think that the pitching staff will have that bad of a weekend again anytime soon. I think that whatever it was that uh, they were having issues with. I'm sure that they're going to get those corrected. For the batting lineup right now, I think that we are seeing the effects of the injury bug take hold of this team. It took the batting lineup, you know, six full innings to really start to blow things open against the Witherp Eagles in their midweek game they just played last night. I believe they won that game 6-1. to one. Uh, Congrats to Will Tippett. He is really seemingly finding a groove now at the plate. He's hit two home runs now, one in each of the last two games, which can do wonders for his confidence, which I can't imagine where that was going into the Auburn series, as obviously, you know, the stats alone admittedly weren't that great, and that doesn't mean that his approach wasn't good, and Will Tippett is a true freshman, so he's going through growing pains and learning how to play SEC baseball this season. Michael Braswell has been a big-time bright spot for this team. I think pretty much every game, he's getting on base at least once or twice, whether it's drawing walks or he's making solid contact and he is just ripping the ball into the outfield. He's done a very good job. Gavin Casas has, I think, probably gotten hurt on a couple occasions now. I know, obviously, he had the lung injury that he suffered in Game 1 against Florida a couple weekends back. And I think that, to be honest with y'all, he had a hamstring issue in Game 1 against Auburn that he sort of kept hidden away from the people that were there watching the game, and he played through it all the way to the end. Cole is having to play third base right now. He wasn't playing third base at all throughout, I think, the first 30-plus games of this season, and now he's having to play that every single game. So the Gamecocks desperately need some guys to come back, You know whether that means how much LeCroy comes back from his hamstring issue Maybe Braylon Wimmer comes back from his hamstring issue. Will McGillis finally comes back from the broken wrist that he suffered about a month and a half, two months ago. They need one or two of those guys back in the lineup in the worst way possible. Because these guys, I think if you just tell, you know, there's certain guys that are pressing a little bit more than they usually would. Because they feel like they have to due to all of the external circumstances that are out of their control. And then there's other guys out there that, again... Probably under normal circumstances, they would not be getting thrust into certain situations that they're having to now play in. And obviously, that increases maybe your adrenaline in certain instances, or it can increase your stress levels, and stress can either make you a great player, or it can come back to bite you at the end. And this past weekend against Auburn, I think it just came back to bite South Carolina more than it benefited them. So... South Carolina right now, they're about to go into a very interesting stretch here because I know that they're playing the Kentucky Wildcats, I believe, this weekend, and then they've got to play the Arkansas Razorbacks on the road the following weekend, another team that's also dealt with their fair share of injury issues, and then they've got to come home to play Tennessee, which a couple weeks ago looked like it could have been an easy two out of three series win. Now, Tennessee is scorching hot. And they're looking like the team that a lot of people thought they were going to be when the season started. So now that series might not be as much of a guaranteed win as maybe some fans would have thought, again, just two, three weeks back. So right now, the biggest goal for this team, honestly, is you need to stay healthy. You need to stay healthy. You need to get a couple of these guys back. This is still a top five, top eight team in the country. No question about that. And I do think that the reason that they probably did not get docked in the polls, like some people probably thought they would this past weekend, is I do think that national analysts are seeing what's going on with the injury situation, and they're saying, you know, kudos to them for the fact they're even having to fight through that. They swept the number three team in the country at home this past weekend, and in that same stretch, they lost Braylon Wimmer. And now they're essentially down to almost no backups in the infield, and they're somehow making it work. So I think that they're getting a lot of credit right now for their persistence. But the thing is, Safcon is going to have to find a way to fight through for the last few weeks because if they let this catch up to them, if some of these guys that are currently injured don't come back within the next week or so, then you could see two or three series losses to end the season. So We'll see what happens throughout the rest of the week. I did see where Monty Lee made a comment regarding Talmadge Lee-Croix that I think he was going to try to practice on Thursday leading into the Kentucky Series, but did not guarantee, of course, that he was going to play. So we'll see how that situation develops as the next couple of days progress. With that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are your thoughts on Caleb Burton as a potential transfer portal target for Shane Beamer and South Carolina? Do you think he would be a good fit in this offense? Let me know your thoughts on that and the baseball team down below in the comments section. If you watch today's show on YouTube, or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a line underscore SC, and I'll try to respond to your message as quickly as I see it. And once again, Thank you so much to all of you everydayers for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. If you are not an everydayer of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast and you want future alerts or notifications on future shows, then feel free to subscribe and click the bell on YouTube or give us a follow where we you get your audio podcasts daily. You can also follow the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast both on Twitter and on Facebook. With that being said, again, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.